want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet who I think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control them? You wouldn't want any of these folks realizing you're a crook, not a social climber. You think I care what anyone in this room thinks of me? You don't get to judge me just because you were born in the master bedroom of Wayne. Actually, I was born in the Regency. I started out doing what I had to. Once you've done what you had to, they'll never let you do what you want to. Start fresh. Oh, there's no fresh start in today's world. Any 12-year-old with a cell phone could find out what you did. Everything we do is collated and quantified. Everything sticks. Is that how you justify stealing? I take what I need from those who have more than enough. I don't stand on the shoulders of people with less. Love it, huh? I think I do more to help someone than most of the people in this room, than you. I think maybe you're assuming a little too much. Maybe you're being unrealistic about what's really in your pants other than your wallet. Ouch. You think all this can last? There's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne. You and your friends better batten down the hatches, because when it hits, you're all going to wonder how you ever thought you could live so large and leave so little for the rest of us. Welcome to the I Need a Minute podcast, part of Atentia Seniors Network. I'm podcasting with an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what you saying, Barry? Cool it. Yeah, man. Bless. Salutations. <laughs> Salutations to the young one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, man. Okay. Whew. By the way, fuck you, Nile. I did watch the movie. To, to be very clear, can I can I get into what this yeah. podcast is about? Fuck both y'all niggas. <laughs> Fuck both okay. y'all niggas. So this podcast, uh, the topic we were gonna discuss because we actually, you know, had a theme this week and aren't just winging it and talking about Game of Thrones or Drake. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be on Eat, Eat the Rich. He right? will come up. <laughs> like let's not pretend like he won't. Okay, for sure. Pause. So <laughs> it's going to be about eating the rich and the movement and capitalism. And all that good stuff. So part of the research for this podcast was that I told Andrew to watch Parasite. Mm-hmm. And I asked Andrew just casually because I didn't believe in him. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I was like, Andrew, how was Parasite? <laughs> just to see what he would say. Yeah. And he gave me a very vague general answer that you could glean from YouTube. So I then messaged Nal. I messaged Nal and <laughs> I was like, Nal, you think this nigga watch Parasite? <laughs> And now it's like, no idea. <laughs> Not from that response. That doesn't sound like well, someone who watched well, the movie. Well, because, no, to be honest, it's very hard to explain. Because it's such a layered fucking movie. Mm. Like, because it wasn't just one twist. It was like four twists. Because at first, you know, and I don't, I don't want to give away too much to no, 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 no. Yeah, like, so you're the first twist of, okay, you're thinking this is just a guy doing a friend, you're doing a friend a favor. Then it's the second twist of, oh, shit, they planned all of this. Then the third twist of the bunker situation. I just want to read everyone before Andrew gets any further into what he actually said. Andrew's response. What did you think of the movie? This is me, right? Right. So we're going to podcast about this. This is going to be our launching point for talking about eating the rich. Andrew's response says, I thought it was really good. Asian thing aside, what the fuck does that mean? No, because... It really did come off like an anime. It it did. And then he put the humor, the energy, etc., I guess that's just Asian people. Okay, so listen, if you're listening to this podcast, tell me if it's just me. Or if someone says that, sends that to you who watch Parasite and those are the three main things they bring up, you think, 
maybe this motherfucker didn't watch this movie. Or I, I'm waiting to unpack it on the pod. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I just cool. wanted it on the cool. pod. Cool, cool, Fuck cool, cool. I just say cool. freestyle. I don't know. I Matt, I don't know. I feel like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady sometimes like discuss <laughs> things before they go play the game. They don't just like... <laughs> Fuck you, honestly. No, no, no. I mean, well, I knew what the gist was. Okay. But my immediate feelings right right after watching it was, yo, they, they did this like an anime. Okay. That was my first feeling. So so we're going to get into Parasite. But in general, the theme of um, eating the rich came up because in pop culture, it's now become more of a thing that a lot of, you know, your content, music, um, films, TV show kind of gravitate towards, right? So we always kind of reference The Dark Knight Rises on this podcast. And my main mm. thing about The Dark Knight Rises is that it never directly spoke about um, income inequality or mm. capitalism or socialism, even though it hinted at it. And part of the intro for this week's podcast we use the Catwoman outtake where she thought about um the wings thinking that mm. they could survive so long mm. living off of these other people mm. so that that happens um when did dark knight rises come out in what was that 2014 15? 14 15 yeah. i can't even remember but for, so now this year you had several movies so parasite you had um the joker hustlers us knives out and then my favorite TV show from last year, Succession. All of these, um, I think, major cultural touch points dealt with income inequality, dealt with capitalism, dealt with kind of socialism. So why do you think, Andrew, that these movies are kind of like having their moment in 2019? And I'm pretty sure going into 2020, that's going to be another major um, moment. Because I feel like that's what's going on in the world. You know, art, art reflects life. I think that we've always known that there was inequality, but I, I, I don't think people really knew where to point the finger. Mm-hmm. And I think conservatives, 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 the Republicans are the last ones to come to the table. Like, they're still white trash, broke as fuck white people voting for Trump, thinking he, if we give him our money, that he's going to support us. Like, they still feel attached to what he's doing, thinking, but they're not benefiting financially. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, but, like, like, for example, he just rolled out, he just did the press conference about coronavirus. Yeah. This is right, like, shortly after and or before he just cut some healthcare shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's starting to show now, and I think it's starting to, people are like, yo, we need to talk about it, we need to address it. I think it's ironic that Parasite won the fucking Oscar, and they're giving away, like, $250,000 gift bags. Like, it's a very pompous event. You know what I mean? I think, okay, so to your first point about... um white people who are not wealthy voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. I was listening to an Ezra Klein podcast, and he actually addressed this issue, and he said that that's a fallacy that liberals often have. They think people are voting along, like they're voting against their economic interests, but they never think that they're voting with their cultural interests. Mm-hmm. So, and they never, like, kind of wait which one could be more important to people. Because mm-hmm. as you see now, it always seems that the cultural interest kind of outweighs any kind of... Yeah economic interests that people would have and to the parasite point about parasite actually winning the oscar maybe that's part of the reason that it won because people were sitting there after they watched that movie and they thought shit my house looks like that not only does my house look like my that, housekeeper my drive i am i am watching this movie yep. in my house that looks exactly yep. like that hmm, i guess that's how we are and that maybe that was part of the movement of the, why parasite got to where it got to the the, the beauty of the movie is that the rich people weren't annoying. Because typically in these movies, they'll have them as very pretentious, very, you know, very arrogant, very talk to people down. 
but it's just, it's just it's subtleties with the with the rich guy smelling with the smell, and I think that was a metaphor for something with uh, the woman just being d- dim. You know so, I, mean? I, I was expecting him to be way more obnoxious. So Bong Joon-ho said that the director said that he basically didn't want anyone to come off as the villain. Amazing and job. Of course, for the parasitic nature, and the it's right in the title, that the the parasites were both sides of you know the equation. It was the uh, lower class family who was infiltrating and, and feeding off the rich family. But then, and that's on the surface level. So when you see the name Parasite and you begin watching the film on the surface level, that's what it's like. Mm-hmm. But as the movie goes on, you begin to see that everything that this rich family has is built on the back of other people, mm-hmm. built on the lower class. So that gets into a lot of the Marxist, socialist, communist kind of arguments about how classes are divided and the, the reason why one group of people might rise above another group mm. of people. So, and, and that, that also brings up the point of just the fact in Parasite that they had these kinds of servants, right? One of my friends posted something on Instagram the other day where he basically put that um, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. And I always thought of that phrasing as bullshit mm. because if you're wealthy, your day is completely different. Yeah. The things that you have to worry about on an hourly basis, on a thir- in 30-minute increments or 10-minute increments, are completely different. And Parasite is a great example of that because these people never have to clean their house. They never have to think about driving. So their brain works totally different. We don't have the same 24 hours in a day. If Beyonce and you listening to this podcast don't have those same kind no. of 24 hours, your your uh, mental faculties are placed elsewhere. And Parasite is like that. And even to comic book's point, Bruce Wayne has to worry about some things. Right. He doesn't have to worry about everything. Alfred is there and takes care of his entire home Majority of it, all yeah. the time. Like There are people who have similar circumstances, but to say everyone has the same 24 hours is a real misnomer. Well, I think that was summed up perfectly with the rain situation. To the to the rich folks, I don't know any of their names, so don't even fucking ask me. It's all Chuck Uh To the To the rich people, the rain meant they had to come back from camp early. From, from camping early. That's all it was. To the father, he lost his entire house. His daughter is sitting on a toilet that's pumping out shit. Like, so when she's, so when she's, when she's a leg up and he's driving her and she's talking to him, he's sitting there like, boy, you know what I've been through last night? So I just want to, this is fucking gold star to Andrew because I believe that he watched one of the videos that I said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Fuck you, this whole part. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I do what you tell me to do. Okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. But what you Fuck you, I'm now. It's mainly now, honestly. Don't even blame me for this shit, dog. No, because you, you, no, you went to him. You started the fucking fire. Who else do I go to? You knew why you went to him, too. Who do I go to? Who do I go to? I know, if I, I know if I message John, John will just be like, fucking Andrew. <laughs> that's, that's John's go to. <laughs> I've been good lately. Okay, so so about um, what you were saying, because so what Parasite kind of focused on in that moment and what they were trying to illustrate was not only the differences in class, right, but even the way we here think about what a good day is mm-hmm. or we think about, like, cuddle weather when mm-hmm. it's raining outside and, you know, you're just want to, you just kind of want to be home, but you never think for your, think in that moment what could this be like for someone else? Or how does this kind of affect in a other town people? With holes in their roofs. Even the, way, rain. even the way Hurricane Dorian yeah. played out. Yeah. So you saw it played out, and eventually everyone kind of went back to their normal lives. Mm-hmm. You 
you held it for a while, especially as a Bahamian, mm-hmm. but then you drift back to your normal life. But that is not the situation for everyone. And it shows how climate change is the perfect example of how if an economy crashes or there are like large movements in an economy, um, just a natural disaster affects people differently. It's going to affect wealthy people differently. So the gap in income also is going to be a gap in effect. So when you see people kind of really out there doing these charitable things to help people, it's not because it's a lack of um, effort by the government a lot of times. It's because nothing else can be done. Like, this is just what it is. It just is. A couple of members of the news team went to Abaco to go shoot something, and they came back damn near depressed. They was like, yo, like, we, we have forgotten about those people. Like they said, people are still like no roof. People ain't mm-hmm. working. Like they said, the devastation is still fucking real. And the people were telling them, "This is better. Like this is cleaned up." And they was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" But I mean, how long can you stay in grief? Like how yeah. how long how long can you stay? I, in I don't pain? think like, it's don't, about staying. I don't think it's in... fair to like not, 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 not that you were doing this, but I don't think it's, a lot of people would be like, "No, we you know we must never forget. Keep going. You keep going." But, you I don't know, think but it's our about, lives are shitty too. I don't think it's about staying in grief, and that's a great point that you just mentioned at the end of it. Because part of what um, one of the key touch points in Parasite was about class solidarity mm-hmm. and about people of the same class having, oh, yeah, if the, we the Marxist thing, if yeah. we band together, then we can overcome this or then we can achieve these things. Because there's only so much you can do as an individual, um, but it would take an entire movement of your class. Whereas in the upper class, in a higher stratosphere of society, there are few of them mm-hmm. with more power, with more money. One or, one or two of them could have, like, you know, bigger shifts or bigger changes in the outcome of something like a natural disaster. But is it comes down to are they willing to do this? Are they willing to put in the effort? Would they give the same kind of, you know, even even if you just base it off a percentage of what you would give? Because Jeff Bezos got into – he always anytime Jeff Bezos gives away anything to charity, people then bring up that's about $30 for him. Jeff Bezos gave $10 billion to help fight climate change, right? Mm. Right after that, people are saying, that's it. That's, 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 that's it. That's all what, you got. What Asian dude, on, ironically enough, he's Asian, did, uh, I, I think he did it because of Parasite. He counted out $1 billion in rice. So each each rice, what do you call the, what do you call the rice, rice, what, rice nugget? Grain? Each grain. Was fucking, <laughs> did I say rice nugget? What the fuck? I said rice nugget. Each each grain was a hundred thousand dollars, and so he counted it out to a billion, and then he would take off couple and be like, "This is what five million is to a billionaire. This would whatever." And he was like separating it. I was like, "I hear your point, but you ever had a considerable amount of money that was yours? Nope. You tend to be cheaper in that moment than when you actually don't like. I had more money when I was unemployed, home from college. Like I was balling." But the minute you stop making money, you realize what it is. So you really can't so be let mad me, that they let don't me ask give you, as an, much Another shit. thing that they kind of address in this movie, and then it is also, I believe, addressed in Joker, is the, a lot of the idea of what you were talking about is the idea of false consciousness. Like, you believe that you're in one economic group when you aren't. And for us who live in the social media generation, you see that every fucking day. You see mm-hmm. that every time you log on Instagram, you see people living a life that you think... Are they, wait, are they very, very rich? Are they wealthy? Mm. Or are they just kind of pretending to be wealthy and, you know, moving and operating in that way? Mm. So my question about you and your $5 million um, kind of thing versus a billionaire, and you 
saying, oh, if you ever had that bunny, you would be that kind of cheap. Is it that in your brain, when you make statements like that, you think of what you would be like with that kind of money, but the, the I guess, chances of you ever achieving that is very low, right? Oh, extremely low. I'm, I'm not going to be... I'm right, so, so do people then always, I think, gravitate to say that, oh, we're going to be this much richer, we're going to produce this much more for the economy, or not for the economy, for themselves, because you have... I think so many people, even again on social media, get into this argument of calling each other broke, or they call it the broke mm-hmm. wars about who has more money and who. Because according to being online, no one's broke, no one's struggling, mm-hmm. everyone's, doing well, everyone's doing well, everyone's doing amazing. So the idea of having a false consciousness of putting yourself in an income bracket you're not is kind of harmful to the culture. Well, this comes back to one of the videos that you you sent. Like I told you, I, I skimmed and watched the whole thing. But the guy was saying how should we give up? Should we give up on this dream of just unimaginable wealth? That everyone has this dream, and maybe we need to snap out that dream. I always thought the average person wanted to be comfortable. That's always been my thing. You know, what I mean, I didn't grow up with wealth, but I didn't grow up broke. So it, to be comfortable to me would be just an achievement. But I think for because of social media, just when we were starting to gain some traction with that. Social media came and upended that. Now it's it's a, it's a one big. You don't know who's rich. You don't know who's married. You don't know who's happy. You don't know who's genuinely happy. You don't know who marriage is actually working. You don't know nothing. You know what I mean? It's it's all it's all a facade. So I mean, at at this point, well, let me ask you: Do you think this will like what's the, the sustainability of this fake wealth social media bullshit? Do you think this carries on and this is just like genes? It just is what it is. It's gonna happen forever, or do you think we come I out think- of that? And this is a good pivot, right? I think what a lot of the people who um, create any kind of art, what they actually believe is that, one, it's unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And it's unsustainable because people have that view now and have that um, vision of what the other side looks lives mm-hmm. like. You see what Kanye West, for example, mm-hmm. lives like. And you see what real billionaires and what their, lives, what their lives actually are and what they, what they do on a you know, daily basis. Sometimes they want to document their life and document exactly how comfortable they are and part of what joker was trying to portray and maybe they did it well or some people say they didn't do it so well was that at some point there is going to be a breaking point where people are going to be fed up with this and fed up with the system that they're in um it's how long can capitalism sustain this like capitalism i think worked very very well when people didn't have this kind of vision Mm -hmm. when they when there were it allowed them, when, when you don't have this kind of vision that social media gives you, it allows you to tell people that there's this economic dream that you can possibly achieve mm-hmm. one day if you do it, blah, 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 work hard enough. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the same 24 hours, blah, 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 same bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. But when the internet comes about and social media comes about and then wealthy people want to not just be wealthy and private, they want to advertise it, what that then turns into is people seeing it and then trying to achieve that not achieving it, doing everything they can to get that, chasing all the clout they can in the world, then getting depressed, and then lashing out in the ways that you saw what Todd Phillips was trying to illustrate in Joker. You see people just mad about their economic circumstances, and then they see someone do something kind of like violent, and then that turns into a riot. And for me, and we we talked about this on one of the other recent few podcasts we did in 2020, (laughs) was that at some point, People get that mad or that upset and they take to the streets. And mm. it's in the interest of the wealthy or the 1% or the billionaires to say, 
maybe universal basic income is a thing to keep them off our back. Mm -hmm. Maybe that distracts them for for a few decades or something. So they'll be forced to move the needle a little bit. Yeah, because, again, with social media, you see it every single day. And then you think about even the music you listen to, the popular music now. Mm -hmm. Now that hip-hop is the most Mm -hmm. popular genre, and not to bring up the Billie Eilish thing again, but all musicians make tons of money, right? Yeah. But Billie Eilish is now saying, why are rappers, and people always say, is why are they bragging about their wealth? Think about why they say, why are they saying, why are people bragging? Because they want it to be insular. Right. Because as soon as you brag about it, you have things like, okay, maybe people, people then decide to, one, attack rappers. They know how much these wealthy people make, mm-hmm. and then they resent them for it. But then if you're a rapper, and every single song that you bring out is talking about how rich you are to an audience who is not that wealthy, what does that do to someone's brain? On top of that, too, you know, you know, look at a rap. If you look at the conservative argument, they're like, "Yeah, da da da." They need to be grateful to be in this country that affords them this wealth. Da 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 da. I was like, "Yo, they worked as hard as anyone else worked. This is a different genre in, in a different mode." I think there's a racial component there, to to say that I think for them it's kind of like these black people are flaunting what I don't have. Like it, it comes back to the Trump um, winning thing, like. Yeah, but they, Trump flaunts it too. Trump, Trump see, is like people who aren't billionaires are broke. And, and, and just, like nothing is new under the sun. They complain about us talking about wealth. Rick, like I don't see Ric Flair catching no heat. Ric Flair is the most flamboyant. As a matter of fact, rappers they they form their style around this nigga. There would be no Migos without Ric Flair. That energy, that that whole whatever. So and then you know we, we're not the only ones talking about money. Country music niggas do it too. I learned that when I was in Edmonton. Yeah, but they brag I'm, about their trucks, they brag about their whatever. So it's a different kind of wealth because they're not, yeah, they're not but into I'm chains not, and hoes. Yeah, but you were asking about how is social media or do you think that there's going to be a change about that? I was talking uh, oh, sorry. about the social media impact of what all of that is doing in relation to what else pop culture is you know, spilling out because hip-hop is the number one music right. that people listen to so that's what's in your air for everyone regardless of race that's what's in your if, air most of the time but but if you notice now what rappers are doing they are i call it opulence rap they're doing that but they're also do talk about empowerment too it's kind of taking a turn towards like yo you can do this too where before it was jay-z number just on some we richer than you fuck off you know what i mean now it's on some yo get your money up i see uh, do this do that you could do this too if you invest in the stock market. Like they talk about certain shit now, which I appreciate. First of all, no, you can't. What you mean? No, they just said you can do this too if you invest in oh, the no. stock market. No, no you, you can't. can't. Like you have to have some type of capital. You know what I mean? So <laughs> no, like, so like, even in them trying to help, it's like I, I still can't do the thing you're asking me to do. Because again, that's but that's part of the dream that capitalism right. and the American dream is supposed to sell to people. So, um, Alexandria. Cortez, she was on, what's the Whoopi Goldberg show? The View. The View. She was on The View. respectful of Whoopi Goldberg. And uh, the McCain chick was speaking. Megan McCain. Megan McCain. I hate her. So she was speaking to her about, um, because of course, Cortez supports Bernie Sanders. And she was speaking to her saying how she thought how dangerous Bernie Sanders was for America and the things that he could do for America. And of course, as a result, the world and how her and other conservatives were afraid of this kind of thing. And how they wanted to keep what America was, um, what America was doing, and the culture and the economic system. They wanted to keep that in place because everyone seemed to be doing okay. And AOC's response, I think, was enlightening. And it was she has grown so much since the time that she's she got yeah. elected that she is 
perfect with these answers. Like, she's mm-hmm. great at it. And she said, yeah, but this isn't working for us. You assume mm-hmm. everyone is making X amount and people are happy with this economy. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Not only is that not true, there has to be a change in the economic system. So because it's working for you and your life is comfortable and you're doing great, you're doing well, and the people who you talk to in your bubble are doing great, and when you go to talk to people um, in mainly conservative districts, even the people who have the free time to show up to one of your tapings or one of your rallies, mm-hmm. sure, they're doing in a better position economically, but the people AOC is talking about aren't. And that's why the economy doesn't end up working for everyone. Same thing we talk about here in the Bahamas. This economy clearly is not working for everyone. No. When you have the prime minister on TV say, that's $100, that's it, and you... You know what the minimum wage in this country is. You know how much money people um, make on a weekly basis and why they even think about this. Why they even had to exclude certain items from that to say that, oh, so this is what uh, people are going to buy on the Mm -hmm. lower end of the uh, economic um, sphere. Mm -hmm. Why is the prime minister saying something like that? Why is that all? And all of that ends up being connected on how tunnel vision someone can be on their place in the economy. Yeah, and, and then too, I think it it works. Capitalism works because it keeps poor people quiet on a level because we don't. I always say this when I see like certain Bahamians, I ain't going no names, like certain Bahamians like take these trips to Africa to find themselves. And they, and then, no, 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 not them. I'm actually referencing one of these fucking, uh, one of these whole niggas. That, that's what I'm referencing. They'll take these pilgrimages to, to, to Africa and come back on some the black man and this and the black man and that. What you understand is we don't have time for some black man shit because we have bills to pay. You were afforded the luxury of having parents that could send you to fucking Africa, my nigga. You had time to think. The poor don't have time to think. So when ministers, so people love to ask me, why, why Bahamas don't pay attention? He doing this right in front of their face. Because 10 minutes later, I have my desk working. I think about bills. And it, it's going to be something... Related to the capitalist construct, arm robbery, right? You know what I mean. Like, I wonder which arm robbery movie did they watch? Did and they min- get away with it? And many of them don't have that problem. So that so when people ask me, say, well, why aren't they doing something about it? We don't have the time. We don't have the luxury of time. We don't have the luxury to sit down and be like, yo, this nigga's really fucked up. Because in ten minutes, I gotta go find something else to do. Or ten minutes or whatever. He, don't, rich people, don't have that problem. So he can say things like that. I'm glad he said it to show what's really on their fucking mind. Yeah, but and then also again in the Trump era, people are emboldened. Oh they're, yeah, they're emboldened to say whatever the fuck they want, I, and they yeah, know they know what what the consequence is going to be. What you could do, what the fuck you could do, what you could. Trump's do. whole presidency is stupid thing, stupid thing. Yeah, so the the entire him being acquitted was them being like, yeah, you fuck up, yeah, he was wrong. All right, same team. Which I'll get to, who else I'll get down to? <laughs> who else? Put that on my gravestone. Put on my gravestone. Y'all can dance now. All good. <laughs> Put that on all of our gravestones. Big man on Soka. Facts. But shout to Virginia. So, but, <laughs> capitalism. Facts. Virginia Chan. Suit sold out before the tickets go on sale. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Fuck you. John got that. John enjoyed fuck it. You. Thank you, John. Uh, okay, so even another part of the capitalist argument or the argument about wealth and class solidarity and differences in class, Skybar had a brunch, and we are clearly not doing enough in the social media sphere. Um, we were not invited to said brunch, Andrew. 
course, uh, the, the brunch is, I think, what was the exact number? 120 before that. So for two people to go to brunch, it's going to be around $300. And then that led into an entire argument about, you know, class structure in the Bahamas. And, of course, you wrote an article mm-hmm. about different classes in, in the Bahamas. So when you heard that Sky, Sky Bar was doing that, and I was amazed. You were, I mean, you have a radio show. How come you weren't invited? Like, fuck me and, and John. But because I, my radio show is not for that for I, that audience. Mm, <laughs> mm, totally different again, demographic. Again, so this is... Totally different demographic. When you say demographic, you mean a class demographic. We're having our meetup at Cheetahs. Nice. For our fans. Nice. That's our fans. <laughs> our fans ain't going to no fucking brunch. Nice. <laughs> but, okay, but but answer answer the question about just the idea that you know, that something could be so, how can I put this? We, we know the history of Bahamians and uh, cas- casinos in <laughs> yeah. this country and how, you know, places like Atlantis and Bahama are the inability of any local to go in to gamble. And then we also know, going back to, harkening back to bamboo experiences, which I know you are very well aware of, how they want people to dress a certain way. Yeah. And then based on how you were dressed or who you were or what color your skin was, you were charged a certain amount to get into bamboo mm-hmm. so not to the sky bar is not doing that but then this is also a way to i guess you know you filter out who you want in and this mm-hmm. is pricing this is based mm-hmm. on economics and class because mm-hmm. it goes back to the iphone thing you don't just buy an iphone just to have an iphone or a phone that is a smartphone you buy an iphone also as a status symbol for the culture for the, for the culture and th- for the first time that makes perfect sense now the for the culture thing yeah, for the culture, that's yeah. a culture thing so for the culture how do you feel about a brunch that kind of says that a group of Bahamians, fuck y'all niggas, y'all out of here. I, I, I don't even think it's about the money at this point. And, and, and we, we really have to look at ourselves and realize that we are prejudiced. Prejudice is one, right? Where you could be against, yeah. Uh, that we are prejudiced against each other. Because, all right, let me give you a perfect example. You remember our horror days? All us was thick in aura, right? Yeah. We was of the opinion, well, we safe in aura, because niggas ain't going to be around. And by niggas, we mean the fighting niggas. Well, what happened? Um, they went cashless. They was like, okay, cool. To weed out these gangster niggas coming in here with money, because they didn't realize niggas had money, they made it cashless. Niggas got in there with their Scotia there, but God, I was like, yo, let's go. You know what I mean? So niggas have the money. People, people that are broke people will force themselves to afford Sky Bar. So it comes down to elitism. Mm-hmm. You could be a broke influence. I we, we me and you both know broke influencers who make it look really fucking good. They want it, they want people that who can make it look good. It, 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 it's never about the money, because the the the, the broke niggas no, not the broke niggas but the niggas with money but who are a little bit more ghetto. They know they can bring in their also ghetto people. These, these hotel workers making money, son, and they live in the hood, so they don't have the the pressure. Me and you got with rent and mortgage and bills and all the rest of that shit. They live in a new lady house. Their lady dead. So the so I wasn't mad at it, but I got it. But that's kind of where we are. But part of for the culture and part of what capitalism does is that it reinforces that same culture. So the culture of capitalism will tell you um, what the dominant culture is. So if the dominant culture is about being, you know, someone who travels a lot, someone who is fit, someone who is um, who dresses well, who quote unquote is creative, has this picture perfect family who, you know, has, buys into the, um, the traditional standard of beauty and has all of these things lined up in their life. So if that's the dominant culture that capitalism reinforces, when 
you say that they're going to be influencers or they're going to be people who drift towards elitism, that's also just an offshoot of that. That's an offshoot of the same thing. That's mm-hmm. what they want. That's what the what you said for the culture. That's what the culture kind of demands for people because even down to, again, social media, what are people going to click to? They're going to click to, oh, this person looks wealthy. They look like they're having mm-hmm. a good time. Mm-hmm. So then that's also um, part of a interconnected and interrelated system. So even even the idea of wanting to go to kind of some of those places, you also think, yeah, but would I have fun there? Or would I have fun somewhere? For instance, the most fun brunch I even remember going to was in, I think it was, well, it was Top 42 was one during the World <laughs> Cup with John. I think bottles are like $12 or something like that. <laughs> and then the second most was like at um, Olives when they just started. And there was a moment where you would go in Olives and say, wait a second, they have a DJ? They play, yeah, it was weird. They, they, they play and dance all at 11? Yeah, it was This weird. is amazing. I, I've never gone to a brunch that I got the point of it. Yeah, but you was a different I, kind of thing. I don't even know why you wrote a brunch article. And I, by the way... Because I was going to brunch a lot of the time. But by the way, I set you up for a dunk on your um, 7% or whatever percent article, and you just blew right by that and went to something else. Yeah, you're, I could. You're, I mean, you're constant I don't disappointment. Remember, I don't remember like, Yeah. No, at the you're time... Like Lonzo I, Ball. <laughs> at the time, I was brunching like crazy. And I remember just thinking to myself, this, this is... Yeah, gals. I was like, this is, this is low-key retarded. Like, so we just sitting there eating food and... Drinking champagne and orange juice, like we could have done this home and or at twelve, you know what I mean? Like it, it didn't make sense to me, so I was like, all right. But it took off. The, the two things that surprised me that took off on this island, and it doesn't make sense that they did. It's brunch and Starbucks. When I saw Starbucks did well, I was like, this is some status shit. This is some fucking cultural shit. It makes no sense that Starbucks does well on this island. Why? Cause it's hot. It's so fucking hot to be drinking coffee. Like why? Why we have so much Starbucks on this island? People, but people love to take pictures of their cup with their name. They like to pretend that they into pumpkin lattes and shit. It's like you only doing this for like, to, 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 for the ground, really. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Before I switch how, the topic, how, how often do you I, I, I just, I just want to, I just want to say that Andrew just is trying to make an argument against coffee that comes from very, very it's hot places. So hot. <laughs> no, but all the coffee that is grown comes from hot places. And they ain't drinking it. No, they do drink it. That's where they have an industry. Yes. John, John, back me up, please. Yes. Oh. Yeah, of course. Yeah? No. Yeah. And even even more so now, shit, one, you, you one work in air-conditioned offices. Like, chill out. Nah, son. I, I was, was like, stop um, some devil work. Cleo, I want to apologize to you for Andrew even saying that kind of shit against coffee. She's, <laughs> she's a big Starbucks person. You know, no, no, I'm into but, coffee now. But yeah. Oh, you into coffee now? But not y'all coffee. I'm into, like, just coffee. No John, sugar, we no have, John, we have coffee coming next week. Don't worry about it. I'm good. I know. I see the coffee maker. <laughs> I'm good. Fuck y'all. <laughs> enjoy coffee. Okay. I'm going to enjoy the water. So let, let's talk about this, about how um, the power maintenance in society based on the culture of capitalism, based on the dominant culture being that your life is supposed to look a certain way. And even, this is the thing, even we all, we always talk about on this podcast, like conspicuous consumption and about the entire narrative of everything that's counterculture, that's um, rock and roll, that's the opposite of you being rebellious, then gets monetized into something else. So you think you're being rebellious getting a tattoo you know what that does now people have there's millions of people with tattoos they're tattoo millionaires they're tattoo influencers but everything like that and then that's going to become the dominant culture but so all capitalism does is consume all of that all of that stuff wow we just had a flashback to 
Final Fantasy X and Sin. Sorry. But the fuck? You didn't play Final Fantasy X? No, I was okay. playing Madden. Okay, that's a lie. Yes, it was. You didn't play? Wait, you didn't play? I never those? played Final Fantasy. Okay, sure, yeah. But anyway, sorry, back to... I watched the anime, it was very good. Back to the power Shout maintenance the and society. So, because of all that and the counterculture being consumed by capitalism, just maintaining this power, even like the, us, we're doing a podcast after work. Yeah. That we did. And capitalism always maintains its power. We would like one day to make money off this shit. Yeah. How does... And everything that you read in the culture, all of the motivational speakers are about how you're supposed to hustle all the time, how you're not supposed to sleep, Which you're is not supposed bullshit. to do anything... Which is so much bullshit. Anything that, like, for your wellness or for Sorry. your health. So, it's part of the whole... And I remember I, I wrote this one time, um, and then I looked it up on the internet, Blessed Are the Strong. Mm. So, when we were doing Game of Thrones um, houses, and I said... Blessed are strong sounds familiar. What what is this? And then throw this into Google, and you realize that's from the Book of Satan, and that's part of the thing that capitalism always kind of reinforces that the more money you make, the more powerful you are. Those are the people who rise to the top. And I'm like, wait, that's Book of Satan. Get the fuck out of here. So the the strong people are going to be the people who survive, and then they're going to be the people who deserve to live a life of like wealth and luxury and get to to experience the world quote unquote as it should be. I mean, how far off is that from Darwinism, though? Natural selection, right? It's not far off. Like, if you, you can't believe in Darwinism and then look at capitalism side-eyed. The strong survive. Those who make it, make it. Those who don't, don't. I, I mean, yes, you can, because capitalism isn't a system based off of nature. It's not a natural system. So it's very different than Darwinism because it's a, it's a construct of profit maximizations because... Part of what capitalism does is every company is supposed to maximize profits. That's not what happens in nature because if that's what happened in nature, then animals would farm or animals would, you know, hoard food the way humans hoard food because the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution changed the way that humans behaved is part of animals in a natural, I think, kind of habitat. Capitalism is not that. Capitalism is more so a perversion of those things, especially capitalism now. If you thought about capitalism maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it looked like a completely different thing than, mm. than it is now. And so that's why you would, always see, you would always see Bill, um, Bill Maher even on his show said, yeah, but like maybe we need capitalism light. Or no, it was, it was it's socialism plus or something that he said. Yeah, socialism plus. He said that there said. needs to be a marriage of these things. See, I'm all for socialism on a level. Because, I mean, we've seen... You, you can go to anywhere in Europe and get free education, free healthcare. Like, I saw a meme the other day that said, all this time we thought Europeans uh, were staying healthy and living longer because of their diet, come to find out just universal healthcare. You know what I mean? So I'm all for that on a level, but I think that if you do give the... Ha- like It's like that Dave Chappelle skit where black yeah, people but, got reparations. Yeah, but... see, Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean... <laughs> yeah, no, and when I, 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 I say I mean, like... Some niggas are going to take reparations if they ever get them. They're going to take reparations and... Create... Never. Never. It's never going to happen. No, it's never going to happen. Shout out to Tanisi Coates. Oh, yeah. That's not going to happen. But but they'll they'll create wealth. They'll go and invest. Like, this is the best. Like, if you got your reparations of $150,000, I know you. You can go and put that down and be like, yo, how can we turn this into three hundred? We'll go buy a Rolex. I mean, you could also buy a Rolex. That was a joke. Go ahead. No, I, 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 I'll pass it. The nicest, or, or a dilapidated the, piece the of nicest, property. The nicest chick lettuce. The nicest... Made of yes, elephant tusk. Now you're killing that. I'd be out here. Jesus what? God. What? But 
another the next half of niggas ain't gonna do shit with it. They they like, they can squander it. So I think socialism plus would be perfect. Where you know what, free healthcare, free education, people can live and live their best lives. But you gotta work for what you get. You can't be out here just surviving off of the government. You know the truth is what in a lot of the Scandinavian countries, they're all capitalist countries. That's all capitalism. Yeah. They just have some social programs That's that kind of work. That's, That's all it is. But So see, you know what the perverse part is? That America's in the West, that they don't even want to do that part. No. That they're saying, yeah, no, you can't do that. I'm, all of those countries still are capitalist countries. They still subscribe to everything about capitalism. They are not advocating for complete, you know, socialism or communism they're like oh no no people still do that same shit the argument that pisses me off that i don't understand for the life of me when it comes to older especially conservatives they're like so i already paid for my daughter so i already paid for my college and my child's college when i get that money back i was kind of like okay but like things change be grateful for the fact that we're here and we can like afford it for some other kid to have that opportunity that that's a big argument they have to be like well um I have to pay for my insurance or this. Like, I don't understand, to put it quite frankly, how Bernie Sanders is saying, y'all go to college for free? Y'all go to the hospital and get checked out and y'all ain't gotta worry about, like, no exorbitant bill? I can provide that. And niggas is like, no. We ain't want that. Like, we, we won't die. They're literally saying they won't die. Yeah, because they don't agree with him culturally. And that's it. It's because they don't agree with Close him culturally. And then they... They subscribe to the idea of the American dream that if you work hard enough, you will get exactly what you want. But that is has no basis in statistics. It's, there it's, are a lot of people who work very hard and never achieve those things. It's two niggas in this world that I hate with all of my fucking heart. They came here and was like, yo, here's some free money, free healthcare, and free whatever. Fuck the culture. I can do what's best for me. And they're not working to their best interests. So then you have two choices then. So if you keep believing and you subscribe to that system... Then you're just another rat on the wheel and you're making the economy grow. And then for people in this modern era and people who want to all of a sudden say they want to become an influencer, then you start clout chasing and you would see things like the weird things you see on the Internet. People making these um, videos or or dances or they have these skits Mm -hmm. or sketches or they're Mm -hmm. out in the public acting the ass or they're on influencers in the wild because they will believe that it's going to get them something or you see it's performed even more dramatically in people who are like semi-famous to famous mm-hmm. to know that, hey, to become more famous and to get more money, I have to do X and X. This is dumb shit over here mm-hmm. in order to get to the place where I want to be, where I don't have to do this anymore. So that's what happens when people keep believing in the dream and we just go on as we are. I, if I, we stop believing in the dream, the alternate part is then the end of Joker becomes a real thing. And people then start to get... I always think that could be a real thing. I think that could be a real thing. And then, you know what uh, what makes me believe that even more? They also think it could be a real thing. Because the reason... That's why people like... (laughs) Right, that's why like people like Elon Musk and even people like Jeff Bezos, they get so far to a level of wealth that they then think, yeah, but I... And because they are... They're, let's say, they look inward or, or quote, quote, selfish individuals because they're looking for themselves... What they want is that the world keeps moving the same way. Yeah. It's in their interest that the world keeps operating at this pace and in this method and everyone remains completely happy and completely okay. They don't want any economic crashes. They want the world to, you know, keep sustaining. Instead, Elon Musk is, he's betting on the future that he invents something that, you know, dramatically changes sure. the world and the world improves even more and more and more. Because 
the worst part or the downside is if there's an economic collapse, who do people go after first? The rich. That's what ends up happening. I, I, I saw a brilliant quote the other day uh, from someone on Twitter. They said, uh, every time you watch it, the only white people could make a movie about a dystopian universe. And the reason why it's dystopian to them is because everyone's equal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's low-key facts. Think about all the every, dystopian every movies. Every dystopian movie, you don't know who the leader could right. be. Hey, why are you like, uh-uh, uh-uh. They're like, whoa, this world is crazy. We're not in charge. What? 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 You mean a black guy? No, son, no. And that's why they look at it as dystopian. It's like, this is fucking nuts. Was it in like, Idiocracy, the black guy, the president? Yeah, Terry Crews. Yes. Yeah, like, the name of the movie was Idiocracy. Look how the nigga acted. He acts like Trump. He acts like Trump. <laughs> fuck Terry Crews. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, oh, fuck that nigga. Fuck him. Fuck him specifically. Oh, man. But no, um, I... I They'll attack the rich, but America is in trouble if the conservatives realize they're broke. If the conservatives realize that they're poor and they realize that these niggas really don't have their... But I, I piss myself laughing every time a conservative is like, those Hollywood elites and the Democratic elites. It's like, you think the Republican niggas broke and don't want all y'all money too? All of them are elites. All of them think that they're better than you. What does Mar-a-Lago sound like? Heaven. It sounds amazing. It's just Russian models and golf <laughs> and sex and twenty four seven brunch. A bunch of coke. It's basically they are. It's, it's like an eyes wide shut party. No, they, no. <laughs> they, people at Mar-a-Lago were like, Jeffrey Epstein. No, he didn't have to leave, right? Like he could have just stayed here. <laughs> like, like the whole point was he went and did it on islands. No, no, no. New York. That's crazy. Just do it in Florida. <laughs> If you're going to commit a crime, do it in Florida where people don't care. Where no one gives a fuck. Where everyone's a criminal. Everyone is fucked up. Just, just be Florida man. Everyone in Florida is a criminal. I've never met a person in Florida. When I was in Florida. No, not me. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. I have things happening. <laughs> Everyone but me. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so, this is going to be the last part of the podcast because I think we're going to end up having offshoots of this discussion throughout the year, yep. especially if Bernie Sanders is the nominee, he will especially win. if, you know, the Bahamas keeps going in this direction that it's headed right now. $100. But, next question. Next question. But, but now I want to talk about the idea of jobs, right? Because part of the research that we did on this podcast was your job is supposed to kind of mean something to you mm-hmm. or, the, or the fulfillment that you achieve from your job in a capitalist sense, can work if you see yourself at the at the output of the job, at the output. Mm. But if you don't see any output, you don't see yourself in the job, then that's what alienates people from the job. It makes them resentful of the job, resentful of their boss. And then, it, of course, it leads to like the big mental health thing that mm. we start to talk about now. So in your estimation, and I, I, I say this because there are people who are one, unhappy with their job, but then I see people who have similar jobs in the similar industry, but are happy and they love it because they capitalism for them um, shows them the value in their job and then removing that value. Is there a way to, I think, connect those two things? Yeah, do what we're doing now. Like we, we, y'all especially, shout out to um, the founders, uh, Gary and Alan John, 
they all had the brilliant idea to do this. And I think the only way you could really do something you love while making money is you got to pursue it on a level outside of your job, but you still can need your fucking job. This is why I tell people who are on some, like, I know a couple of girls right now who are trying to be influencers and they're doing this and they're doing that. I said, yo, like, secure your nine to five first because money you got to make. And then if you can pursue your dreams outside of your job and it becomes something, then let's go. You know what I mean? I think that's the only way it hits the middle ground because you, you can say you love what you do, but the hours and the time and the... I think the average person doesn't like their job because of how much they have to be there and how hard they have to work at their job. You know what I mean? So you can love being a doctor, you can love surgery, but in order to maintain that mansion and that wife and these, and these churn, you got to do more surgeries than you would have liked to have done. So you know what that ends up happening, right? Or what's going to happen is that the 1% is then going to say, exactly. okay, we need the satisfaction of these people. So the first thing we're going to do is four-day four work weeks. That will never happen. Four-day work weeks. And then the next thing that they're going to say is, okay, well, then let's cut the hours for the people because mm-hmm. that keeps the system going. That keeps the economy going. That keeps people happy. What are people going to do with a lot more leisure time? Maybe they spend more money. Maybe mm. they think of more ways to, to do those things. So I think maybe there's going to be some kind of, of view. And it, it maybe it doesn't happen now. Maybe it happens eventually 20 years from now. But at some point, there's going to be a tipping point where that's needed. And before I end, I want to just a few. Um, do, do you remember the part in Parasite about the peach? Yeah, she was allergic to peaches, so they kept like flicking the hairs and shit off. They were shaving up with razors and shit. You did watch it? Okay. I, I I thought the hot sauce thing was a bit much. I was like, no hot sauce on earth is this thick. When they pointed on a tissue to show that she had TB, mm. and I was like, oh, by the way, why are they still scared of TB? Well, it's China. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> it's, it's fucking China. Korea. <laughs> oh, Korea. Sorry. Okay. Oh, that's Korea. Shout out to them. God. Shout out to them. Okay. Next thing. Next thing for Parasite. How oh, is it in Korea? What did you think of the idea and the the uh, analogy he was using for smell about how the wealthy people turn literally and yeah. figuratively turn their noses up at the smell of people in lower classes and when they didn't think they were around and I think that's what when they were under the table right would that's what um, he was trying to emphasize because a lot of people in their analysis of the film kind of went to the idea of smell and then them becoming progressively more turned off by the lower class and lower class and seeing that and rebelling leading to murder. But I think what really got me in that, in that sense is that when wealthy people get together, how they talk about other people mm-hmm. and then just the freedom that they talk about it and the laughing and the joking. Whereas if people from a, another class were there. And there was also an element too of them throwing money at the situations mm-hmm. because they felt so good. Oh, we're paying you extra. Oh, no, no. We, we, oh, oh, we're going to pay him for overtime. And mm-hmm. when the guy was trying to tell him, you know, here's what we're going to do for my daughter's birthday. Yeah. And the guy was like, kind of having an attitude. And then he was like, I'm paying you for this. Consider this your fucking job. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they, they think they throw money at it mm-hmm. and a little bit more money than they're paying the neighbor, neighbors keep, whatever, that it's going to fix the problem. The smell thing I was waiting. For, the only thing he didn't say was, y'all niggas smell like broken dreams. That was the only thing he didn't say. Like, I, I was waiting. It was on the tip of his tongue. And then when he was describing it to his wife, and he was like, I've smelled it on the subways before, and I've smelled that. Is it old man's smell? She's like, no. Like, but the minute he said I smelled it on the subways, he's talking about the working class. Yeah. Because they can't afford to be to work at 11, so you bathe in oil and the tears of young virgins and shit. Like, 
we're not afforded that. You know what I mean? And I think the smell thing was a great metaphor. And as you can see, it was a turning point where he then got stabbed to death. Great film. Really good film. Again, that and Sometimes the jokes were annoying, but it's really good film. Jesus Christ. Read Bombers. I, so that I had to and the Joker that three times to get in it. Go on, sorry. I think that and the Joker both end in the calamity case, in the case where people are going to rebel if you keep disrespecting them this way. You keep disrespecting them in the system, then you know what's going to end up with people being stabbed, or in the yeah. Joker's case, you know, shot in the head. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad We're you glad said for it's stabbing. Up. What? Here's the no, no, fuck yeah. off. I did not like that ending. Mm. You know the why? Joker I like, ending. No, I didn't like the parasite ending. Oh, go ahead. Let me tell you why I didn't like it. Because you, you told this great story. There were so many lessons learned. There were so, so many moments where you like, whoa, shit. Then you end it with the thing you're fighting against in my mind. And that's, that's just my perspective. What do you you, you end it giving people hope that this kid is going to make this money and buy this house. Oh, and... no. That was not hopeful at all. No, 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 no. I know it ends where that doesn't happen. So they give uh-huh. the mirage that it happened. Uh-huh. And he's walking out. But then, he, of course, he's still sitting in his room yeah. near the window in XYZ. I just felt like, don't get, just just end it. Like, can't, you know, that movie and Joker had the same problem. I think I felt Joker should have ended right after he no, shot No, no, no. Okay, but for in Parasite's case, I... You don't feel like that was giving people hope? Like, no, oh, yeah, I, I felt that there. it did I'm the... Be a million I felt it did the opposite because it played into the idea of this dream of capitalism that you can one day achieve all of these things mm-hmm. and writing it down and having all these plans mm-hmm. and then sitting in your head or just even you um you sitting down daydreaming of a better life of a life where you can get to do all of these things because if you're listening to this podcast and you heard us talk about money for an hour you have at some point done that exact same thing Mm -hmm. and it reminded me about no country for old men where um tommy lee jones is giving this kind of speech about the world and it changing and about crime and about violence and you're supposed to kind of gloss over and have an intake of the entire film I felt that for Parasite, when you see, okay, there's this hopeful moment of this kid, and then you realize that this is one, just a daydream, and you see the kid in his room writing in the book, you, if there, the other thing happened to me, the opposite of what happened to you, is like, fuck, he's never going to get there. Because Biggie Small says, you're selling crack rock, or you got a wicked jump shot. Meaning, not everyone is going to make it. The odds of this kid making it are a thousand to one. When they ask Bon Ho about this exact scene he said no nah, this kid isn't gonna make it that scene is saying he's not gonna okay. get there that he's okay. gonna I'm like glad. 500 to 1 and there's a reason why they probably asked him that because it. other people probably like me and I think it's probably a glass half full half empty thing like in terms of your perspective the way you look at it because I was like okay cool like he got a plan yeah but right, you don't go. okay so think about um, think about someone going to gamble on a slot machine mm-hmm. and then they go in there with hope but then there's a whole group of people Outside who don't gamble and don't do that stuff and say, like, look at these suckers going in it's there. It's just a subtle jab at numbers. Yeah, but it's not a jab, though. <laughs> it's not a jab. I'm just trying no, to, no, like, no, no, like illustrate the scene yeah, because, I, I like, agree. I'm sure your boss is about never get high on your own supply. Oh, yeah. Like, so oh, yeah. he ain't doing that shit. So that's that's the thing. That's the idea. But everyone is going in there with hope and then with dreams about, like, Christmas is coming and people be like, oh man, I'm going to spend money this way. Mm. I'm going to do this. Anyway, I, I know you have to go. You have to get out of here. Um, the last thing I, w- I wanted to touch, I keep saying the last thing, but was the, I- the idea a lot of it in our pop culture, even the crime stories that we have, it's about someone like say the story about narcos or American gangster. There's so, or even stories Mar- Martin Scorsese says, 
It's about people coming from the lower class of society, wanting to get wealth, doing crime to get wealth, getting there, and then having the crescendo come down. That's also a reinforcement of capitalism, the whole idea. And we see it so much in pop culture. And the it says it's almost like reiterating, yo, you have to play by the rules in our guidelines or your world is going to end shitty. And think about that. We grew up on all of the, a lot of those stories, and those were our favorite stories growing up. But now we have a different kind of story that's happening. So you have stories like Joker and Parasite. Look at Crazy justification. I, 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 I hate to bring it back to rap, but look at fucking what's the number one movie that all rap, rappers in our generation reference? Scarface. The rag, the rags to riches, rags to riches. They look at paid in full. They look at American Gangster. Like they, they, they look at these movies as a whatever. And now. You're right, it is a crazy juxtaposition Because now it's kind of like, yo, yo, yo We need to start teaching, like, be comfortable in your own fucking skin Like, shout, like, like, like shout out to J. Cole J. Cole is a major, like, be comfortable in your fucking skin You know what I mean? I'm glad he made one or two of those tracks Even though he is also benefiting from a fucking capitalist J. Cole's so rich He rich as fuck <laughs> I, I don't care how much you grow your hair out, J. Cole and Sean Carter Y'all are... You know, you, you, you know how much money was in that room at a Kobe memorial? How much money was in that room? Son, come on. Come on. You can see all that brunch at Skybar. So, um, <laughs> we should go. Thanks we for should listening. go like after the gym. Can't believe they didn't invite us. Let's go after the gym. Just to disrespect. I wonder. So, hey, what about listeners? Put this in the right ears of the people. Yeah. You tend to see this at your goddamn Fuck y'all. 